and welcome to Cards Cast, the football podcast all about Woking Football Club. Through this podcast, you'll hear roundtable discussions, match previews and reviews, interviews, as well as us sharing our favourite memories of players, matches and seasons from the past. My name is Glenn Harrington and I'm joined as ever by Jacob Greenwood to talk all about the latest goings on at the club. But before we get into it, remember to like, share and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. So Jacob, normally I start by asking what you've made of the last few weeks. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like we've gotten rid of the fresh, exciting team we had for two months and just started watching some reruns of last season instead. Um, What's going on? Well, yeah, I think it's people will be able to tell already by the length of the podcast, and I see how long it is to how long it takes us to put our finger on on what the problem is. But yeah, as you say, it's uh, after that nice little run. I think that's kind of when we recorded our last podcast was at the peak of that, and then uh, and then yeah, it's slightly gone off the boil since then, should we say? Um, so yeah, a frustra- frust- frustrating few weeks, I think. Put it that way. Yeah, I think if you look at the games since the, we last recorded uh, a podcast, uh, 1-0 defeat at home to Grimsby, 1-0 defeat away to Horsham in the FA Cup, uh, 3-2 away to Maidenhead, 2-0 at Yeovil, uh, 3-2 win against Altrinham or Altrinham's reserves, you can you can argue as to uh, exactly what Altrinham side that is, as I know a lot of people have enjoyed doing, um, and a 2-0 home defeat by Bromley, so just the one win in six, five defeats. Um, the goals seem to have dried up a bit as well. Um, how do we how do we stop the rot? Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting, I think, to see what happens at, uh, at South End. Obviously, when we go and play down there, it, obviously the it might be a, a blessing in disguise. I think having a weekend off. Obviously, we had the game on the Tuesday, the rest of that week off, and then kind of a full week off before the, the South End game. So, yeah, you'd hope that kind of on the training ground that they've been working on some stuff. Obviously there's going to be some players that are going to be, I think coming back as well. McNerney's one of those. Maguire drew, I think will be um, a little bit fitter. I think uh, in one of Rob's articles, I think he was talking about him possibly even starting or, you know, maybe even changing the formation um, to fit him in. And actually I think based on watching kind of the games that you just mentioned, I think having a plan B or changing our plan A. So it's a different formation or a different style. I think is uh is probably long overdue because I think we we mentioned before um, you know is there is there a, a a possibility a risk of us getting found out you know the style of play we've got the formation we've got what works for us and um you know there's there's no certainties but I think teams really know what to expect when they play Woking now we don't have a massive squad they pretty much know who's going to start they know the formation um and I guess most frustratingly they know our um uh, kind of weaknesses and, and they've certainly been exploiting those in, in recent weeks so you know hopefully you know they've looked at it but there's been no kind of um, incoming players um, in, in the immediate uh, kind of time spell anyway so um, you know I, there's not going to be mass changes on that front unless anyone signed kind of in the in the second half of this week so it'd be the, the same set of players but hopefully um, you know I know that we obviously we played the Brentford B side as well and and um, you know, players like Lowe's have got a bit of a chance. Maybe we see them come in. I'm not too sure, but it feels like something has to change. I don't think we can go into that South End game and then the games after that playing the same formation, same players and, yeah, expecting the same, oh, sorry, a different outcome. Yeah, I think um, just uh, normally, I guess we, we'd go into each game kind of blow by blow. I think that might make for a, a little bit of a depressing episode if we if we were to review each one individually so I'll, I'll take it as a collective but just interested I guess to get your your thoughts on kind of um 
how bad we've been seems harsh, but it definitely feels like there's been, you know, a, a, quite a bit of bad luck in that run as well. You know, you take take those games again in order. Grimsby, I think, generally kind of perceived that we played very well in that game. Obviously, Grimsby were on a great run. Uh, league leaders at the time, you know, lost to a late goal. Horsham, I think, you know, we by all accounts kind of dominated that one. I think everyone agreed that we had plenty of chances and that the opportunity to win the game, you lose to a a last minute free kick, you know, the, these things happen. It's the FA Cup, upsets happen. Maidenhead, I think, you know, again, in real kind of complete control, um, undone obviously by the red card and, and the late goal again. Um, you know, Bromley with the, the floodlight issues and, and again against the team going very well. You know, this might might read like a, a long list of excuses, but I think really only the Yeovil game will we will we truly bad. Yeah, I, I, I think potentially, I, it, it kind of builds up, though, doesn't it? I think if you, if you, if you have one of those games that you just mentioned, maybe, and then you win the next week, everyone forgets about it. And I think, you know, that's what we were talking about off air, shall we say, <laughs> on WhatsApp, kind of around the Horsham game, where I think if you know if you play that game, you lose, you know, and then and then you win the next league game or you, your next couple of league games, you, then you're just saying, well, you know, it's frustrating. And obviously, we lose out on the money and you know, kind of this stuff, but. You know, we've been lucky in recent years to have good cup runs, so I'm fine just focusing on the league this year. But then, when you kind of follow it up with you know other defeats, and um, you're, st- I think you're starting to see, and, and this is a frustration. I think is starting to see kind of the same mistakes, the same things, um, and nothing really. I think changing in terms of uh, the team, and I think that's the having the ability to change things up. I think when things aren't quite going for you, as you say, n- not always playing badly, but I think. Um, you know, it's trying to define as well what moving forwards is this season because I don't think some of the teams we're losing to, uh, you know, whether we're playing well and, and losing or we're playing badly and losing, we're losing those games. And I think that a lot of people kind of brought into that dream where it was, you know, where teams in the, the bottom half, you know, will go away kind of fearless now and we'll be one of those teams that can, you know, go and attack them and, and probably get the three points when actually, as you said earlier, at times it does feel like we kind of back last season on the season before where, you know, we might just still be the same kind of plucky old Woking that, um, you know, is just there to, you know, I don't know, we'll obviously probably try and win, but it just feels kind of that some of the, some of the games we've lost um, have, have been against teams that I think people would have expected us to beat. And that's where the, the expectations have risen this year. But then I guess on the flip side, we have one games, um, along the way against teams that we probably didn't expect to win against. So it's it's an interesting balance. But as you say, um, there's, but there's been some some good signs. I think that, you know, some some encouraging signs, but um, it just, I think it just needs tweaking ever so slightly to, um, you know, having some of those losses, some of them relatively tight losses as well, turning them around to, to wins or actually even sometimes, I guess, admitting maybe that we're not going to win and somehow drawing a game. We don't seem to do draws, but that might be a slightly better for morale as well. I think if we're like, well, you know, we played okay, maybe didn't do enough to win it, but we got a point. I think it's better than, you know, we didn't do enough to win it. And then somehow we lost in the last minute or, or from the 85th minute onwards, which seems to be, you know, what we've done quite a few times, which is, I think that's kind of, you know, it's, I think when you have a few of those in a row, that's when people start to question it and go, hang on, we're just simply watching the same game over and over here. Um, you know, against teams that some of them, I think we we hope really hope we would be beating this season and, and not, um, you know, losing losing a run of games. Yeah, I think it's um, 
I guess it shows that there's a little bit of recency bias in there. It's frustrating, obviously, the late goals. I think it was, again, Rob Rob Hemingway put out a, a post on Twitter, ironically, after the Notts County game to show how effective we were in the later stages of halves and kind of pointed towards the uh, the move to full-time, the improved training and fitness regime and things like that. And then we go on a run of six games where, you know, I think in four of them we concede goals in kind of the last five minutes. So obviously frustrating um just on your point around kind of expectations i know you put something on um social media a week or so ago about kind of where supporters kind of think we are this season whether that we've exceeded expectations so far matched expectations or, or fallen below and I, I i believe from memory that that was kind of relatively split kind of across the three categories and just interesting i guess that we've kind of got those real range of opinions in the fan base at the moment people that probably maybe have been sucked in a little bit I think maybe as we were guilty of last time but kind of getting a bit overexcited um at some of the the, the big wins and stuff at, at some of the bigger teams but you know you 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 want to get caught in those results you want to feel like you're, you're headed in the right direction um probably some that have been a bit more level-headed and have kind of seen those results in isolation and gone yeah great but that's that's necessarily reflective of where we are we're still at the start of that journey um and then maybe others that are, are a bit more pessimistic but yeah just interested to to get your take on kind of, kind of that broader piece um especially off the back of the the poll that you run a, a week or so ago yeah, I th- the outcome I think of it was was that over half the, the people that voted thought we were about where we should be, um, but then actually quite close behind that, it, it was kind of a, a two horse race with with the other people kind of saying I think around kind of forty forty five percent saying we think you know we've underachieved, which again we you run that poll after a, you know a run of games where you you probably underperformed or not got the results that will probably sway it, right? Um, whereas if we go and win a couple of games, you ask the same question and, and it probably all turns around, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, th- th- there certainly is that. I think that, the, the you know, the one thing that came through from the comments of it was I think that it's, it is it is timing is a big thing for it because I think if people could see uh, that we had turned a corner and kind of snapped out of this run of games that we were talking about, losses or, um, you know, obviously we had one one in there, but, you know, there is a string of kind of defeats there. I think if people could, kind of see a way out of that um or you know for example if we play really well in the next couple of games or something i think people will be a lot more forgiving i think there's a lot of kind of um anxiety about the fact that this is going to be one of those runs which woken seem to have um you know where we it goes on and on and on and on <laughs> um and and we keep struggling and, and things don't change um so that was the concern and, and the other thing is is um just the style of play and, and then how we look around it and i think that a lot of that comes into you know, the expectations of, you know, people so many times, um, you know, under this management regime and, and ones of the past as well, where, you know, the the standard response after the feats or whatever is, well, we're not full time and everyone else is. And if we, if, if we were full time, we would be this, that we'd be that. It's a bit of a smokescreen because, you know, the last time we were full time, we got relegated um, and we played some pretty attractive football, but that didn't win us that many football games. Right? It didn't in the second half of the season because, um, again, we got caught out. But, you know, we were full time. But then there's a lot of teams, you know, that are full time, you know, that get relegated from this, from this league every year. It's it's not, a, you know, it's, it doesn't fix everything overnight, I don't think. And I think sometimes people look at it and go, well, you know, when we were part time under Douse, I know the season got cut short, but you know we were we were top half, you know. So when when people around the club talk about pushing on, 
the assumption is then that well that was that and we're going to be we're going to play better football than that season we're going to get better results from from that season you know all of this stuff and i think people now are looking at it and going well are we does that really make a very big difference um you know we've got kind of got a lot of people hired off the pitch you know analyzing stuff and you know um, a lot of stuff around the training ground and, and there's a, there's a load of people that are kind of working on stuff but you know are we seeing the the benefit of that or is there you know a lot of money being spent on stuff that isn't really improving us and i think that interesting i think interesting points all around because um it is a tricky one i think the the biggest thing for me around it is is just that you know if you know we hadn't have done what we did this season obviously with with the investment coming in there's no way i don't think we would we just wouldn't be sustainable in this league anymore um so i think that for, for the way i look at it almost is you know has that money money is is that money going to kick us onto another level or is that money just kind of turn us into a team that is probably around the mid table top of the bottom half bottom third of the conference full time got some good players you know, doesn't play great football, but wins games, goes on runs, you know, these types of things. And there's a lot of teams in and around that position in the table that I, I think they, those are those clubs. And, you know, it's nothing new that we're full-time, so is everyone else, you know, and we're competing for the same players and doing a lot of the same stuff. So, um, yeah, it might it might not be, you know, as exciting as people thought when people were talking about kind of sustaining the club and, and pushing us forwards. But I think without that, we would really, really be struggling massively massively like last season uh but last season we had this sheer water ground share money we still had some money i, I believe from the, the 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 ground development which obviously never happened but some of that was being funded we had stuff like the get behind the shirt um scheme which raised loads of money and we were still obviously there were no crowds doesn't help but we were still really struggling for for money and, and we were really really poor um you take away some of those revenue streams and, and what, what have you got left for this season what would we have had <laughs> not very much at all i guess is the answer so i think sometimes it's, it nobody wants to think that us kicking on is us just sustaining ourselves as a mid-table conference team but i think it's a lot better than probably hanging around the you know the relegation zone in the conference south or something crazy like that um because it can happen it, and, and you know you look at clubs other clubs dover and, and teams like that I'm like, you know, i'm not saying we would have necessarily ended up like them but you can just see how when the money kind of runs out a little bit you can just completely nosedive. So it's kind of a long convoluted answer. I, I, I get that, but it's, it's sometimes it's, it's worth stepping back, but I think everyone got caught up in that, you know, the bubble of, you know, there's a new vibe around the club. That was a big thing in the, you know, pre-season and, you know, it feels different. And, and now I think it, if that was a bubble, it feels like it's kind of burst. That doesn't mean that it's been a complete failure this season. Cause actually when you look at the table and you look at some of the results, it's not been a failure at all, but um yeah, like that kind of bubble around, you know, the excitement and the positivity around a club just feels like it kind of slipped away a little bit because I think a lot of people, us included, <laughs> get carried away with it and then go, oh, you know, are we what we thought we were going to be? But it's it's a hard league, a really, really hard league because there's so many clubs in it spending a lot of money, professional outfits, um, us included now, uh, you know, that, it, you know, you can't, I think 10 years ago, maybe that amount of money would have, you know, really pushed us up there and, you know, whatever, but it's a, di it's a different league now. And I think that, that always makes it difficult, but um, I guess we'll only see when, uh, you know, the season plays out, but from where we're based at the moment in the table, you know, I don't think that the club themselves will be looking at it as a, as a failure at the moment. Certainly. Mm -hmm. I think they'll be looking at saying, this is what we expected.
Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. I think um, my kind of personal reflection is that the team from two years ago that, as you say, sort of narrowly missed out on the play, well, moderately missed out on the playoffs and, and might have had an outside chance of, of scraping seventh, had the season run to its conclusion. But I would suggest in hindsight that that team overperformed. Um, and I think Douse has, has kind of admitted that himself and, and spoken about kind of the, the brilliant run that we went on for the first sort of 10 games or so that season. And that there was a lot of players that, that kind of had come up from as part of the Conference South team and, and were desperate to kind of prove people wrong and prove that they could play at that level. And I think if you look at our form over the kind of sort of middle to, to second half of that season and, and what took place, I would I would argue that the playoffs was was probably an optimistic shout. Um, I think probably last season was more representative of where we really were, um, with the obvious caveats that that you would hope had had we not started to introduce things like furlough and and ease off, I guess, towards the end of the season to protect some of our other interests. We may have picked up, obviously, a, a handful more points than than what we did. But I think really kind of last season was was more reflective of where we are as a club. So if you look at, you know, what we've achieved already this season, it is a step forward. Um, you know, we, we, we went on a good run. We're now in the midst of a bad run. So naturally things are, are going to feel a bit more kind of uh, down than than the, what they did a month or so ago. I think the important thing is is kind of what you mentioned within your answer, uh, the piece around kind of keeping the enthusiasm, because if you do want people to connect to this and feel like that this is the start of a journey rather than us kind of just fighting against a tide and trying to retain our, our status as a, a kind of established conference team, then we can't afford to to keep going on these runs where you know we lose several games in a row. We we struggle to score goals. The football isn't very attractive. We make lots of mistakes at the back because you know the those that are are committed, long-standing Woking fans that will come, whatever the the weather, whatever the performance is. You, you, they're not the the kind of the fans at risk. What you're you're trying to attract is that new fan base, that kind of, you know, 4,000 crowd that we had against Grimsby. They're the the floating voters that you want to keep coming back. And it's, you know, I think the vast majority of people will be accepting of the fact that this, this season is going to see us kind of in and around mid-table and at the very best, best possible scenario, flirt with the playoffs. Um, but we can't, we can't afford to, to keep going on on runs of games like this you know if it's you, you look at the first seven games you know 17 goals scored a um, couple of wins couple of defeats but at least at least the games were exciting and entertaining and I think that's ultimately what led to that big crowd at Grimsby and, and what we really need to try and retain if we can yeah, for sure. And I think that was, as we said earlier, that that kind of feel-good vibe around the club was was really helped. You know, I'm under no illusion that there is a lot of promotion going on off of the pitch, in, you know, including giving away complimentary tickets to people that, that want to come down to the club. And that's fine because, you know, if they come down and they watch a good game, you know, win or lose, maybe, <laughs> not lose too many, you know, and then they might come back. And, and that's what's really important because I think if then you sustain yourself in, even if it is the mid-table of the conference this season, um, you know, people will give you a chance, probably come back again. And that's it. That's what's important, um, you know, but if they come and that's the, that's the thing this season, I guess, with, you know, some of the bigger crowds we've had, 
um, you know, we, we've ultimately lost those games. So, you know, I'm not sure if people are, as you, as you say, I think they would rather see good football, a good spectacle than necessarily wins, but it, it certainly does help. And then I think if we can reach that level, and I guess this is probably all part of the plan, um, although we all hate the, the three-year plans or whatever, like I guess that is probably it, is, you know, get, getting people in and, and making sure that, you know, we're generating money um, off the pitch and, um, you know, having enough people in the ground to actually do that and, and make it feel like there is something going on as well. I think Bromley, obviously, because it was a Tuesday Tuesday night game, um, you know, that's always going to happen. But, you know, the crowd wasn't as big. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, a pretty routine 2-0 loss and the floodlights going out, you know, two or three times in the game people aren't going to rush back. And unfortunately, I think in, in today's world, if people are paying to get in, there's only so many times I think you're going to spend 20 quid. I mean, if you just go on your own 20 quid or pay for yourself 20 quid, but if you're taking your family, like it is a lot of money, um, you know, so, uh, but if we can sustain those crowds, then, um, you know, then there's no reason we can't, because that money just gets invested back in the team and, and, you know, it really helps out all around. So um, I think they'll be hoping for that. And yeah, I think they just need to go again with, with everything really. And I think the, the, the one point from the article that I was writing on it was, I think, you know, now is probably a good time to set those expectations with everyone. You know, I, I don't think there's any point running around off the pitch. You know, I, I think it was foolish actually to have Oakley going out there in, just before the season started saying we're going to get a playoff place. Well, you can never guarantee that, <laughs> you know, whatever club you are, as we've seen in the, the national league is, is ruthless. You know, some of the biggest teams that have the biggest budget sometimes don't even make that level. So, um, you know, and that's fine. Like it's, it's harmless. It's an article. Right. But I think it's all those little jigsaw pieces where people are like, yeah, this is definitely going to happen. Like, this is the message. Like we're going to get the playoffs. And then when you lose whatever it was, you were just talking about earlier, five games, six games, whatever. And everyone goes, hang on a second. I thought we were like nailed on for the playoffs this season. And there was this whole thing and there was this like new era and, and the club were like, no, crikey, no, that was, we didn't, did we say that? <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like at the moment of everyone being like, no, 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 we said mid-table, we said mid-table. It's like, well, no, people were actively coming out and kind of like banging that drum and and now we kind of have got caught on it a little bit. And, and that's a shame, I think, because, you know, for the management and, you know, there's stuff they can improve on, whatever, but it's kind of harsh on them as well. Because I think you look at it and you go, you know, are we really moaning about, us being 12th, 11th, 10th, whatever we are in the table, with some of the teams sitting around us, you know, can we really be that critical? But then again, when people, you know, as I say, are saying, well, you know, we're going to get the playoffs, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going forwards, we're doing all of that. It's difficult. I think now might be the time to, as I say, kind of come out and just do some, some, you know, even if it's media opportunities or interviews or whatever things and just say, you know, this is where we're at at the moment and this is what we're going to try and achieve from now on. Maybe even talk about stuff like, and I'm, we might cover this later, but in terms of, you know, what is the plan with, because people are asking, I think, really valid questions. You know, obviously, Lozer, we signed him on a deal, which kind of paid money for him. I'm sure he's on decent wages because he's an important player or we thought he would be. Isn't getting game time. I know he's had some fitness issues, so we might see more of him. But you know, even then, Johnson, another player, where you're like, well, he's not really playing. You know, there's other players sitting on the bench as well, where you know they're not going to be cheap assets, um, and then they're not playing. So, but we're holding on to them. But then there's other positions where we need to bring players in, but we don't seem to have the money to do it. It just seems like a weird balance. I just think so. You know, even if they came out with kind of like just an update of like this is where we're at. You know, this is how I think it's going. These are the kind of things we're maybe going to try and do move some players on, bring some players in, aim for this, aim for that. 
you know, whatever. I think that the people would appreciate that a little bit more. I think that the one of the breakdowns I think that does happen is that, you know, and we've seen we see this all the time in non-league football, but you know, we've seen it awoken before as well, where you know, people that that are associated with the club seem to get really offended by the fact that fans might be upset that we've lost a run of games. It's like it's football, it happens, but also like if you set the bar that high and then we're not achieving that people are going to ask questions and when you've got talent like that sitting on the bench people are about what's going on and sometimes it can be difficult to I think answer those questions when we just kind of I don't know almost scared to tackle them because we're I don't know scared of an angry mob popping up and saying oh we demand we get to the playoffs this season or something like that I don't know so again it's just as you say it's just about setting those expectations I think and, and, and reinventing it and saying look this is where we're at this is this is the aim. Maybe they put a, a more definite, just reaffirm that you know the aim this season is top half or you know whatever push having a push for the playoffs at some point. Um, you know, and, and this is some of the things we're going to do. You know, some new initiatives. I don't know. It might just kind of kickstart it again rather than making it feel like it's all fizzled out and and not really gone anywhere. Let's. Uh, well, I was going to say um, let's try and talk about something more cheerful, but. Uh, <laughs> There's uh, there's not much sunshine coming through at the moment, but uh, I thought we could dig into kind of some of the the problems that we're seeing on the pitch at the moment. So specifically, um, in front of goal, first of all. So as I mentioned, 17 goals uh, scored in our first seven games, only six in our last seven games. Um, Campbell's goals have dried up, in particular. What's going wrong in terms of we're not creating enough chances? Uh, you know, the, the strike is just not being clinical enough. What's going wrong for you? Uh, yeah, I think one of the one of the most frustrating things about it, and this again is down to formation, I think, and us being kind of wedded to this certain formation because we, we've not really been able to do much else, is um, I think any being stuck out wide, often finding himself dropping deep or going wide, and then being in a good position, doing good work, but he's then probably crossing the ball to people that you also wish were Efriong. So unless we can clone Efriong and get him to play like out on the right or whatever and then cross it into himself, which I don't think we can do, which is a shame, that that's one of the problems. Because you know, we 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 know if he gets chances, he will score he will score goals. Um and, and you see that. But it is I think he he's probably quite frustrated as well though, I think, by it. I think anytime you see a striker start to go wide or start to drop deep, you can tell that they're getting kind of frustrated with the service they're getting and you know, I think that's been happening. But then again, you know, when we played two up front, you know, him and Campbell uh, in in that winning streak, um, it worked really well. So again, um, but as you know, I think sometimes it's horses for courses, and you've got you can change it per opponent, or you you know you can have a plan to change it in the game if it's if it's not quite working. I guess the obvious answer is. You know, with Oakley being out, you literally really have no backup. But um, I think you know, if you switch to a, if you could switch to a different formation, then then that would work. But it doesn't fill me full of much confidence. You know, when we're chasing a goal against Bromley, and you know, you're just kind of bringing attacking midfielders on and putting them up front, and just kind of hoping for the best. That that doesn't work. So I, I, I'm kind of hoping that we are kind of looking around for someone that might be able to come in and just give us a different option. I think, uh, and if it's someone also that can can, can get the best out of. Uh, out of any, then um, that'd be brilliant. Because I don't think, I think Dallas has been quite critical of him in interviews. Um, but I think it's difficult, the role he's been given at the moment, because he is a proven goal scorer at this level. Um, he just is. So um, if we give him the chances and, and you know, play, play to his strengths, then I think that uh, that'd be a real benefit as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll come back to the, the kind of the loan market later on, but just wanted to to ask about uh, the other end of the pitch. So conceding goals obviously continues to be a problem as well. It's not good if you're having problems at both end of the pitch, but 21 we've conceded in 14 games. Um, Dowst made some comments recently about uh, the number of those goals that were due to errors or individual errors. Um, what What's going wrong here? Obviously, it's, you know, predominantly the same personnel that we saw last season. Um, we've we've brought in Tom Champion, we brought in Jay McNerney, um, but p- predominantly um, a similar lineup to what we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, but they they really seem to be struggling for for kind of stability and consistency at the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh, and it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think one of the things that you can say is, are we signed three of the you know, back four or four of the back five from last season when we conceded like a million goals, whatever. But <laughs> it's, always, it's, it's kind of stupid in a sense, isn't it? Because none of them were really playing, well, certainly not as a unit when we were actually terrible kind of in the second half of the season. So it's, yeah, it's always a bit of a tricky one um, when it comes to that. So, um, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, in previous seasons, even even before that, you know, you've had Casey, you've had Diari, you've had Ross, um, you know, just for something, you know, whatever reason it's not, which is a shame actually, because I think when you look at it on paper, you know, there doesn't seem to be that many, um, you know, weaknesses there. You know, all of them can, you know, can play, but it, it does feel like something is maybe playing the five at the back and having to shove champion in I, isn't really working. I don't think, I think that's kind of unsettling things a little bit. Um that we've kind of been a little bit stuck um, to doing that just from the personnel we have and the formations we have to play. Um, we kind of don't really have any other options, which I think is probably one of the things we said at the start of the season. It's like, we've got a small squad. And I think kind of Dowse's hope, especially looking at pre-season when we played, well, I know I think when we played Farnborough away, we had like Ince and Champion as the two centre-backs. The, the clear thing from that was, well, you know, if we ever need someone there, what's the point in signing the, you know, a real centre-back and having them on the bench when actually we could just drop one of these players back there and it will be fine? Um, it's, that's kind of not really worked. And then, um, you know, I think also in the, in the goalkeeping department, I think Ross will be disappointed with some of the goals he's conceded this season, um, you know, as well. But again, I think that just, especially when it's a goalkeeper, it just screams of a lack of confidence. Um, and I think you see that sometimes, especially with the late goals, that can be a thing as well. I think you can get to the players where they're just almost expecting to concede late on and you kind of get in like a, oh no, you know, we're trying to hang on for a point or or whatever, trying to hold on to the win and you're dropping deeper and deeper and deeper and, and then you concede. So it's a tricky one. I, you know, I think it, I think ideally if we could move a player out, be it on loan or, or selling them, it would be seeing another centre-back come in uh, of decent quality to kind of provide some competition would be uh, would be really good because at the moment I don't think we have that competition but also we don't have the versatility to to change things which is um, yeah I think that's why we're kind of seeing the the errors and, and the performances and, and us kind of shipping goals quite regularly Yeah I think um, it leads me on quite nicely to my next bullet point which is around Strength and depth, you know, we've touched on this in the past, but it, it feels like we've got we've got strength and depth in the wrong places. And that it kind of points towards some maybe slightly questionable recruitment in the summer. You know, you look at the options that we've got on the bench and there's there's a lot of wingers and attacking players, you know, Loza, Johnson, Alarakia, 
Maguire, Drew, Kretschmar, like the list really does go on. But actually where we're we're limited really is right through the the kind of the spine of the team. You know, we're limited at centre-back as we've talked about. Yes, we brought in Annesley, but, you know, he's a, a very young guy who's probably not going to be here very long. The two centre midfielders, Ince and uh, Solomon, have, have done great. But, you know, if one of them needs a rest or gets an injury, who's going to step in for one of those? And then you look up front as well, and obviously you can't uh, you necessarily prepare for for one of your two main strikers being ruled out for you know most of the season with a with a big injury as as Oakley unfortunately has been. But you know again, is Inny going to play every game? Are we going to try playing Loser through the middle? Are we going to try just playing Campbell through the middle? Um, you know it it feels like there's there's very few options across the spine of the team and and a lot of players that are kind of there not not doing very much <laughs> and uh yeah it, it just feels the squad feels like it, it, it all kind of a, a little bit back to front at the moment can't think of the right way to put it yeah yeah de- definitely it does um i think the way someone someone put it kind of when talking about it in response to that article earlier was almost signing players without really thinking too much about the formation it's like we'll just sign some good players and we're just like just go from there and just you know it, it does work I but also like sorry I, I was just gonna say I think I really think that's that I think these players really are good players like mm-hmm. I think everybody in that squad warrants a place in it it just mm-hmm. feels like they've left they've they've oversigned in certain places and they've left gaps and as you say mm-hmm. have have signed good players without too much of a plan I'm sure they there was a plan I'm not for a minute suggesting there wasn't it's just not clear to me what that plan was at the moment yeah 100% but and it's like when players come up I guess it's they're, they're probably to a point like obviously I have absolutely no idea but you sometimes you think that maybe there is a plan but then you're right one of these really exciting players crops up and you're like well you know, for example, Tyreek or Maguire Drew or someone like that and it's like yeah we, we you know we're going to spend the budget on this and it's like oh Maguire Drew's agent just got in contact with us interested in coming to play for you and you're like actually hang on a second we can't say no to this guy uh, you know brilliant player and, and all of this stuff and, and then, yeah you go for him and you're stuck I think also actually and I, I think you've got statistics on this or I'll put you on the spot so hopefully you have <laughs> but I, you know the, the the amount of players we've used in previous seasons yes under Douse but also under Gary you know it was really like a lot of loan players so you would start with like a shell of a squad um, and then it, it would be heavily propped up by loan players but it'd be a revolving door so you'd have a lot of players on month-long loans or, or relatively short-term loans um, and then they would kind of plug the gaps that you had at the time the approach this season seems to be a lot different um and that, obviously that seems kind of, I, I guess, is intentional where we're like, we don't want to be bringing in, we, you know, loads of loan players or we've got the set squad, we've given you a good budget, we've done this thing and you've got to make that work. So it might be selling players or loaning players out to bring players in. But yeah, typically I, I don't know if the assumption from the management was like, well, it's fine, we'll sign this group. And then, you know, if we need stuff along the way, we've always been able to do that. So it's fine. And now we need stuff and it's like not fine <laughs> and I, I, that kind of feels what it is like uh, that's it was literally my next question was going to be why haven't we done more in the loan market so I mean as you say uh Thompson Sommers been here since the start of the season signed till January Annesley who who very much felt like a uh a makeshift solution to cover McNerney's suspension but other than that we've not we've not yet dipped into it and even if you look at some of the the 
the biggest spenders in this league. Most players have filled, or most teams, sorry, have filled their full quota of kind of five, six loan players. And as you say, that's always been Dallas's approach in the past, is this kind of revolving door of loan players. And yeah, you get a few duds along the way, but you find some gems as well. And you, you, we can all point at, you know, examples from the last couple of years, you know, Little, Edsa, Davison, that have, have been big successes. Um, and it's just interesting that, that there has been such a stark change in approach. And, and you know, do you, do you think that's a budget thing? Do you think that's a, a change in approach with the kind of the going full time? Does he just want to keep the settled squad? And he's, you know, he wants to keep a real tight knit group and doesn't want kind of people coming in and disturbing what he's got. Um, it just, just feels very strange that, that we've not done more, particularly with the Oakley injury and and it really has left us short in terms of out and out strikers and the fact that it's been, you know, seven, eight weeks since that injury happened and we've we've not replaced him. It, it just feels bizarre to me. Yeah, it is. It's hard to put your finger on it really, isn't it? Because I, I gather as well, some of the loans we've had previously, I'm thinking kind of Oxford and, and clubs like that, the, from what I can remember, it's kind of come out that we've either paid very little towards those or we've not paid at all, um, which is, is is great, really, for, for us. Um, I mean, you can do it. So, again, if you think, if it's similar this time, where they're either really cheap or you're not paying, so the, if the money's not really much of an issue, then that is that. I, I guess may, maybe some of it comes down to the fact, I think, when we were part-time, a lot of our players, using the Oxford ones as an example, I gather used to train with us what like once a week, twice a week, but then the rest of the week they were full-time players that were going back and, and playing in in youth team games for Oxford and kind of involved in their training sessions and, and quite closely connected to them. And it might be that they don't want someone kind of going away and spending you know full time at Woking, so it might be harder to get some of the players in. But because other than that, like if the money's not really an issue, which it shouldn't really be with, with loans, I guess, um, and you know that. <laughs> Maybe it is. I, I don't know. You start to, as you say, it, it doesn't really seem um, to make sense, especially when, you know, Dallas has brought in some really good loan players in the past. And even as a club, like, um, you know, some of the ones we got under Gary, from what I gather at the time, like it, it wasn't always him that spotted the players. It was people around the club, uh, you know, even board members and stuff like that. They used to kind of, you know, spot players and know people at other clubs that we could, you know, kind of, wheel and deal um if you if you want to say that um, and then get players in so um it is it is a strange one um and we'll see i yeah i think it it will be interesting to see where it goes and it, it, it's probably going to be more likely that it's kind of a one in one out policy which um you know i don't know those players that you were talking about earlier that are kind of actually really good players but don't fit what we're doing or don't start in the formation we've got or, or whatever. Don't plug the gaps or over kind of saturated in certain positions. I think it'd be a real shame to see some of those players leave permanently if that was the case so that we could sign someone in the position that we needed, uh, maybe loaning someone out to then loan someone in or, you know, something like that would work slightly better. Cause um, like Alaraki, what you're saying earlier, like from what I see, like the chances he's been given, he's been, he's been really decent. And you just know that's the kind of player that we would, possibly let go to then just sign a centre-back or something and then he will go on and start every week for another conference team and actually turn out to be really good and then we're like oh that was annoying um, but we need to do something don't we because I don't think we can just chug along with this team because um, it really does 
um, hamper us, I think, because we can't we can't really change the formation. We're short in certain areas, like it's a bit makeshift, which is frustrating, right? Because you've got so many really, really decent players in there probably being held back by the fact they're either out of position or we're not playing a formation that suits them because we've not got the players. Um, yeah, like if we played 4-3-3, I guess, and you had two wingers, and then you wanted to swap two wingers for another two wingers that were subs, and you had Lozer and Johnson coming on, that'd be incredible, right? But um, that's not really what we're doing. <laughs> it's not really the formation we play, so it's like, what do we do? I don't know. Well, I've got one more question on my list of bullet points, and then we'll stop this uh, funeral procession and start to look forward instead of look back. Um, and you kind of touched on it a little bit there, I guess, and... I want to be careful with how I word this question because I still think he's a good manager and I still think he's the right person for Woking. But how much is is Douse to blame for what's happening at the moment? Because I think what feels to me is this reluctance to to change system and reluctance to to change personnel. It, it's it's a bit reminiscent of kind of the Limbrick season where you know he found a system that worked. It, it did well for a few games and then that was kind of it. And even when everything was screaming, you've got to change something. He was either too stubborn or didn't think that the, the, the other alternatives he had were better. Um, and it, it feels like we're back in that kind of doldrum of, well, this clearly isn't working, but we're just going to keep trying it and keep trying it because we haven't got any other ideas. Yeah. And sometimes I guess that can almost be a message, can't it, to the board to be like, I'm having to play this because <laughs> you're not giving me anything else. And, and this is a whole thing. And I think it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I, you know, I gather things tried to change up a little bit against Yeovil. And obviously it didn't work, probably in the most emphatic way that, you know, it couldn't have gone much worse um, than it did. So that, I guess that was, you know, one side of that. Um, yeah, it is. I think. I think. But you know, there's a lot of people around the club, I, I, you know, it, and we'll never know, right? Uh, but you know, you, you kind of get scouting reports for teams, and you know, and people look at our team. I think you know, people that, as, as I say, doing video analysis, and you've got other coaches doing tactics. Uh, you know, Dyer is obviously one of those people, and you've got a lot of people involved with it. Um, you know, that, that are kind of coming to this conclusion. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pin it all on on Dowson. It's uh, it, it's a shame. I think it, games like Maidenhead, I think it really was a shame because, as you say, we were two one up half an hour to go. You know, he doesn't tell Joe McNerney to get himself sent off. Like it just happens, and then it's like, well, what do you do? And um, it's just like it's stuff like that's frustrating and. Um, but I think, yeah, that's, and I think that's why this season is going to be different to other seasons. Cause I think people just think that we're going to be happy to just bumble along playing this kind of formation doesn't really work and we'll get a win, but then we'll lose a few. And I, I don't think that's going to really happen this season. I think there's a lot more pressure to, um, you know, obviously not have these runs that are really prolonged. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more pressure to do it. And, yeah, hopefully, I think if we, as I say, if we've had kind of a couple of weeks on the training ground without a game or 10-day, whatever it's been, um, you know, you would really hope if the players are going in training, however many times a week we go in, four days a week, whatever it is now, and playing training games and even playing kind of Brentford B, and, you know, if we're not using that, those training times and those games and, and stuff like that to try different things and find a way around the, the issues there are, then that just seems... A problem that you can't help but put at Dowse's door, I think, because 
um, you know, he's picking that formation. It, it, the buck stops with him when it comes to that. So, um, you know, but as we say, he's got enough time to, and enough staff and enough players to, to to think of something else. And that's, you know, that is ultimately management. Um, and if we have to go back to some sort of basics where, you know, first and foremost, we keep a clean sheet and then we might try and nick a goal to win a game 1-0. Brilliant. Great. Let's do that. Like, we don't have to, I think, stick to this formation where it's like, well, we'll, you know, we'll concede two or three and we'll go from there. Like, because as you said earlier, we're just not scoring enough goals, right? So, you know, if you're needing, if you're conceding two and needing three goals to win a game, like it's probably just not happening at the moment. Obviously, it did happen again against Altrincham, but that was a bit of a slog, right? And we don't want every game to to be like that. So, um, yeah, I think sometimes that that going back to basics can can help. But I'm not a football manager; I have no idea what that actually means um, in terms of it. But I think sometimes when you know things are going on. Um, you know, because how quickly do, do things get out of control? You know, I think in terms of what we're aiming for this season, you know, five, you know, five defeats in six games or whatever, out of the cup at the first opportunity. You know, I think obviously that was. I'm sure there'll have been targets set at the start of the season, and I'm sure going out in the fourth qualifying round to Horsham would have fallen well below what he was set as a target there. So that one's missed, but you move on because that's that. And then yeah, like five defeats in well. Obviously, that's included in the five defeats and six. But then, you know, if you, if it goes on for another, you know, we say another set of games. So what from, you know, after from Saturday up until, you know, near Christmas time, if things don't change, I think it becomes really difficult for, for Dallas to stay in that job. But I don't see why he wouldn't change things. Um, and, you know, if he's not getting the players that he's asking for or the club are not cooperating with him, then that's a massive shame. Um, but I'm sure that he would probably come out and, hint at that because um, he's not shy of doing those things but you know hopefully you know if they're giving him everything he wants there's no reason that and he kind of normally hints towards that then um, you know there's no reason that he can't turn it around and and change things up and I I think it it was one of Rob's tweets I think I mentioned earlier about you know us wanting to play he might change the formation to fit Maguire Drew in great like because let's be honest it's not really worked massively and and to, to be honest as well like when we go to South End a lot of people oh We'll probably just assume that Southend are good. Like I know a lot of fans will realise Southend just aren't very good this season. But what you've got to remember then is five at the back might not work because Southend might go, we'll take a point. Like we're not going to attack Wogan. Like we're just it's fine. Like, and I think that's when we do come unstuck a little bit more and why we've looked better against some of the top teams because um the way we play does actually kind of help. Um, because we're counter-attacking sometimes, whereas when we're taking the game two teams, we have a lot of the ball, but we don't do much with it. And then we end up conceding kind of on the counter-attack ourselves. So, um, yeah, I think, again, that that kind of five at the back thing like, won't, might not work against Southend anyway, because although people will think as the big, it's a big team, big club, big ground, whatever, but, you know, they're, I think, statistically as I hurriedly go across to the, the league table, yeah, they're the lowest place team we'll have played this season. So yes, I, I was uh, I was just going to come on to if we we start to turn to as we we naturally have done the the games that are coming up. Um, I think November's fixture list reads: Southend away, Stockport at home, Weymouth away, Barnet at home. Um, and if you look at that on paper, with the possible exception of Stockport, that's uh, a very winnable run of games. You know, three teams out of four that are below us in the table. Three out of those four teams have changed their manager this season. Um, I'd suggest that that probably all of those bar Weymouth would consider that they've underperformed this season or are, are performing below the expectations that they had at the start of the year. 
And, you know, it, if we could get seven, nine, ten points from that run of games, I think we'd be having a very different conversation in a month's time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if but I think people are still, still so critical of the kind of style of play and those kind of things if if it doesn't change massively but we start winning games again because, um, you know, ultimately I don't know that if there's many teams in this league that, to be absolutely honest, that we watch us play against and go, oh, they're really good at, a really good footballing team. If they're a really good footballing team, they're normally like pretty much going up. They're pretty much like really pushing for promotion um, or whatever. I don't think there's any teams kind of out, even outside of the playoff places, let's say, that really play great football. But um, so I think that the expectation that we're, you know, we might change the formation and start playing some like kind of silky form of football. I just don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. But as you say, if we start to get results, I, I don't think it people will really be that far I'm sure some people will but but at the same time I think a lot of people would just be like well you know a win's a win and, and you know you get back to winning ways and yeah a lot of those problems start to disappear as you say so you know finger, yeah, I mean, you, you, you only have to look at the Altrinum game and all of the caveats that went against that win but it was still a win and people were, were happy and positive after that and if we win the majority of our, our rest of our games this month then people will be happy regardless of the performance or the scoreline um, and you know, like like you say, um, anyone that is expecting us to come out and play Barcelona esque football is is going to be disappointed because that's not how the national league works. And you know, we've been screaming out for for years. I think that we want a an archetypal national league team with uh, a squad of giants that are uh, maybe slightly crude but effective at what they do that they can they can win ugly they can do the long ball stuff they can be physical we've got that team now we've got what we've wanted for 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 many many years and what we need to do now is play to that team's strength um and stop i think uh trying to be trying to be clever trying to be creative uh and and go back to you know let's let's play wingers let's get the balls into the box and let's use our team of giants in the way that it's meant to be used yeah i think again maguire drew coming back for to go on set pieces i think will be really important uh for you know obviously attacking set pieces because um his 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 deliveries have been quite good obviously there's always going to be one especially in non-league that don't beat the first player or whatever um but i think generally he's probably the best kind of set piece taker I think corners and free kicks kind of whipping them in um, although obviously Max and Casey and people like that obviously do fine but I think you know that would be quite good because as you say sometimes what waste I mean we've not scored that many goals from corners this season or set pieces um, you just think what a kind of wasted opportunity that is when you've got like you know Musa, McNerney Ince you know other players in there um, in E and you just, you know, you got all of those players up there that could score a header and then we put a rubbish ball in, <laughs> whatever. And it's just like, oh, great. There's like one threat we've lost. But as you can tell from like back in the day, I know that obviously we were little old woking, plucky woking, non-league, uh, sorry, everyone's non-league, um, <laughs> part-time is what I meant. Um, but, you know, I remember that game, Dagenham, the first game back in the conference, right, where like, but our goals were just like proper kind of, um, you know, set pieces and headers and stuff like that. And people don't care. Like you're winning football games, it's fine. Maybe over the long term, yeah, you don't want that. But as I say, when people were like, oh, you know, got rid of Gary and, you know, Anthony Limbrick's come in and he's playing this brand of football and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, 
we got relegated. So, you know, <laughs> you've got to be careful what you wish for, I think, haven't you? Because in non-league, if you start kind of playing fancy stuff, I, I think some teams will just figure out how to beat you quite comfortably, just bully you probably off the park. Um, and we, yeah, we certainly don't want that happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we'll we'll bring the podcast towards a close there. I've got one final question. Um, we've obviously touched on, uh, you know, a lot of issues tonight. You know, it's been one of the the, the harder podcasts that I think we've had to record after a, a long, long run of, of bad results. It's it's always challenging, but uh, hopefully, I think we're we're in agreement that, that things will start to to turn a corner and and. My question was going to be if you you could change one thing out of the the list of of different areas that we've we've talked about and touched on tonight for the the game on Saturday. Um, what would you change? I, it, it, it's it's a tricky. I I, I think that even a, a really simple, I think formation tweak, I think would uh, really benefit us. Um, and I think that getting uh, playing a formation that, that allowed you to play wingers. I think also maybe bringing Maguire Drew in, I think would be would be exciting. Uh, as I say, keep, keep certainly keep any any on the pitch. And I, I think yeah, if you play two wingers, so he's not going out wide and they're whipping balls into him as you're saying four, and then you've got Maguire Drew behind him slipping balls through. I mean, I think that would be brilliant. Um, yeah, we might if we've not changed things at the back, uh, we might concede some goals, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I think that that would be the. The best way to do it, because yeah, I think that yeah, on paper, if you've kind of got, I don't know, Tavon Campbell one side, uh, Johnson the other side, or Blozer on one of the sides, or something like that, and, and then as I say, Maguire drew behind Inny, I, I think it's really exciting, um, and I think that sometimes when we're watching this and we've not got those wingers, you know, it's, it's difficult to attack. So um, yeah, I think that'd be good to see. But again, hopefully, we've been working on that in training and something a little bit different, and we can, you know, we've play training games, doing that for another formation or, or whatever, just so everyone's kind of ready when it when it comes around. I think you've cheated a little bit because you've said change the formation and then you've also changed half the team as a result of changing the formation. But, uh... Yeah, I, I can do what I want, really. Uh, this is how I'm going to play the game. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's the, I actually, they, they are quite, and it's it's a thingy, but, but it's they, they are so closely linked, I think. And I think we get, we play that formation, I think, because we play those players. I think that's kind of where we've got to, where, um, you know, we, we just kind of like, well, we'll do that. And, you know, now I've kind of deviated from the question as well, though. But I think one of the, that is one of the things I think that we've not really done in recent years. And the one that, well, actually, one of my bugbears about it is when we do this thing. Um, and I know Martin Tyler said it after the Bromley game, I think when he did the interview, um, you know, and it was just kind of like, well, we started this team and this formation because it was we won on Saturday and the, the players expect to start again if they win. I just think that's the wrong I think that's the wrong way to approach things. And I think if we're going to do all this scouting and analysis and these things, like having something just as like basic as that and saying, well, no, we're not going to play to, you know, to out tactic this team. We're just going to play the same two we played last week because we won. Um just seems a little bit conference south to me. Um, I think as well it would be that would be something that would be fair enough, you know, after maybe like the the Chesterfield or the Notts County game or something like that, where the team has won comprehensively um, and, you know, everybody's played well. You can't really pick a fault with it. But I think even the most positive supporters would not say that that Altrincham victory was, you know, total football, complete performance, 
perfect afternoon and three points that was, you know, we rode our luck at times against an understrength part-time team. Um, yes, we got the three points, so that's all, all that ultimately matters. But, you know, if that's the case, to turn around and say, well, we're just going to play the same team again against, you know, a Bromley side that will be up in and around the playoffs this season, then then that seems that seems very, very poor, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I think especially as well, if, if you know, and, you know, I'm not saying this has been used as an excuse, but I think it's more kind of asked as a question to the management team that when people say, oh, well, you know, we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, like crazy. How do we keep up with all these games? And then you've got this squad of, you know, whatever, as we were saying earlier, decent players that could easily start. And it's just like, no, we can play the same team, same formation. It's just like, well, you don't really have to. Um, you know, and if, if we're talking about kind of tiredness and fatigue or, you know, fresh things, we don't have to play the same team. <laughs> like, you don't have to. It's not a thing. So, um, yeah, and I'm, not, I'm sure that, you know, the players as well, like, I'm I'm not sure any, any you know, players obviously never want to be dropped, right? But I, th- I think that we've got players that are probably knowledgeable enough to, you know, if they said, look, we're going to change formation because of this, because of this specific threat or to exploit this weakness of the opposition and, you know, all of this stuff. You've only got to look at, you know, kind of what the Premier League teams do and the amount that they rotate and change for certain games. Um, you know, there's there's a reason they do it. Um, you know, I'm sure it, it, maybe it works better in the Premier League, different type of players, different league, all of these kind of things. But, um, you know, I don't think I'd ever expect a Premier League manager to come out and be like, well, you know, we played a completely different team this week to what we did last week, uh, but we're going to do exactly the same formation, same tactics and same personnel because we won last week. Like, I think everyone will be like, what on earth are they talking about? And so, you know, it's football. Like, don't overcomplicate it, I guess. But that just seems a little a little bit of a strange one. Um, kind of when, when we, And we've kind of come out with that, I think, ever since kind of like Dallas has been here. He said it a few times and it's just a little bit strange. Um, and as you said earlier, actually, the Chesterfield and the Notts County games were similar because you were playing teams that really like were looking to beat us um so they were kind of coming at us a little bit more so you could counter-attack them so in a sense it 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 works right um you know and you could probably say i don't know i think otherwise if you're you're doing that and, and comparing two other teams it might not always work so um you know if you're playing a team that might sit deep um as we said like a, a south end or dover or someone might do there's no point playing the same team that is set up for counter-attacking football because you can have nothing to counter-attack. So, yeah, stuff like that. It's just, you know, I, I probably, um, I don't know, probably that's my wish list of things to change, but uh, <laughs> it seems to be quite a few things now. No, I think uh, I think that's fair enough, you know, just to, to bring it back to the question and, and, and wrap us up. I, I think I would agree, you know, I'd look to, you know, maybe like the first half even at, at, at Wilston right back at the start of the season where we obviously started with that kind of, uh, 4-2-3-1 formation. We had uh, Campbell and Maguire drew out wide and, and Max in behind any on the day. Um, but I think that that what that showed, you know, obviously well, Wilston changed their approach and, and came back at us in the second half. And, and that's when we switched to the five at the back and that was effective. But I think what that game demonstrated in a nutshell is that you need to be adaptable to the situation. And as we've got, you know, a couple of games at least coming up where we would expect to potentially be on the front foot, foot a bit more than we have been in, in past games. Um, I think we, we need to be a bit braver. I think it's been pointed out kind of on, on cards board and stuff that we, we go into certain games with, with almost eight defensive players on the pitch and kind of we rely on a combination of kind of Max Campbell and, and any to, to, to kind of make things happen on their own up front. And, Actually, by by shifting the formation around a little bit, you can you can get a bit more width in the team. You can take some of the pressure off of 
Lofthouse, who who I think has played very well, and, and Casey, who's obviously unfortunately got a bit of criticism over recent weeks. You can give them a bit more support defensively, a bit of help going forward, lift some of the the expectation for them to kind of run those those wide positions on their own. Um, you know, you've still got Inny and and Solomon in there as kind of your your midfield block. Um, so there's no reason why they can't, you know, drop deep when needed and, and help out the centre backs. I don't think there's any reason to think that by by dropping one of the three centre backs that we're going to leave ourselves exposed defensively. And then obviously you, you keep the kind of the three forward players with with either Kretschmar or, or Maguire Drew playing behind the strikers, but um you 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 give them a bit more more help um in the wide positions as well, cutting in. Um, more crosses into the box, etc. Um, I think I've slightly confused myself and maybe an added I started with a 12, 12, 12 team, uh, 12 player team, which would be a very effective tactic. But hopefully, listeners, you, you, you understand what I'm going for. <laughs> um, it was the uh, the 4 2 3 1 or the 4 3 3, the, the kind of traditional formation that I think we, we've used a lot over the last couple of years. And yeah, I think uh, re- reverting to that in, in agreement with the points you made earlier, I think w- would be a nice thing to see over the coming weeks. I accept that it didn't work in the Oval game, but hopefully, um, you know, with, with players coming back from injury and things, we, we can we can see that make a return and, and, and use it to the, the full effectiveness that, that we've seen us use it in the past. Yes, I, I, I listen to Glenn. That's, that's my, <laughs> my analysis of it. Um <laughs> Yeah, no. Hopefully, yeah, we'll we'll see. By the time we do the next one, we, we might have been bang on the money, and they've changed it around, and and we'll see. Well, there you go. Uh, on that note, I always like to be told I'm right, so we'll finish there. Um, <laughs> you can let us know uh, your thoughts about everything we've we've talked about today. Uh, what's going wrong? What's happened over these running games? How can we turn it around? What are your your expectations for? the upcoming games uh, through November and, and on into the Christmas period. Um, and you can let us know on Twitter, Jacob, where can they find you? Uh, at Green with 91 or at 1887 Cardinals. Nailed it. And you can find me at GlennH1292. But until next time, thank you very much for listening and we will see you soon.